Number one, Star Wars. Number two, comics. Number three, Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit. Number four, Mario. Number five, Weird Al. Number six, Batman. Number seven, Cal. Number eight, The Simpsons. Number nine, TV. Number ten, every single band that I stole all their MP3s. But before they all sold out, see it all together if you with me now. Hey everybody, welcome back to Nerds Ruin Everything. I'm Logan. And I'm Adam. And uh, we took a week off. <laughs> yes, we did. Yes, we did. I'm much, uh, I, I, I'm pretty much for you. I, I, I can pretty much guarantee that you're like me. It was a much needed, even though it probably was more busy <laughs> of, a, of a holiday weekend, um, which I oddly tried to get away from, but uh, couldn't get away from. Um, so, but yeah, uh, we did take a week off, but we're back. Um, all the news, all the things, um, you know, um, how was your, uh, how was your spending? Like, how was your, was there anything that you purchased over the, the black Friday sale weekend? The only freaking thing I bought was, uh, Stephen King's new book, Holly. Cause oh, Walmart okay. had it for like 10 or 12 bucks the hardback um oh and that's actually a that's actually that's like literally like like 60 percent off yeah it's like you know hardcovers are usually about 30 dollars now um if you don't buy them on sale um and even then they're usually like 24.95 now so nice um have you is uh i don't even know what this one's about um, so um it's it's I want to start reading it, but the problem is, um, how, so Holly Gibney is a character oh, yeah, that's right. from that, uh, Mr. Mercedes, uh, Finders Keepers, and yes. The Outsider. Um, she's been portrayed is, by different people in adaptations of, of all those things. That's um, right. The Outsider's which, great. Like, it's uh, super great. Yeah, I was about to ask you, did you watch The Outsider and did you watch Mr. Mercedes, the, the TV series? I did not watch Mr. Mercedes, but I did watch The Outsider. Um, man, there's so many King, there's so many King adaptations. Sometimes you you forget, especially the TV stuff now. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's like four or five different series that I know about that I've not actually, I've actually not even gotten close to like getting into because I just don't have the time. Um uh, that is actually on my list because um, I forgot that it's the, the Holly Gibney stuff because I did see The Outsider. I did read it. Um, that's that's like great. That's like top tier King for me um, just because it was just so well made. Um, so, yeah, no, I am familiar with it. I just didn't realize that it was actually it's the, is it the fir- like, I guess this would be the first book that's about her. Like yeah. literally her, right? It's not just like she's like a she's like a side character. Um, it's kind of funny because I'm I'm actually revisiting because I just got the for review. I just got the uh, they just re, re they're releasing uh, Columbo um, as a um, in a box set. Like they're remat they remastered it uh, the whole entire series from the seventies, okay. and I just got it for review. So like I've been deep diving into into um into the colombo series and like i forget how like how like you forget the ripples that colombo made 
or, or like any of these mystery, like these like foundational mystery TV series made. Because if you think about it, Holly Gibney is nothing more than a psychic version of Columbo. She's that kind of genius, like genius detective that goes about things in the sideways manner, which I always like. In I can always appreciate in detective work. Um, so, but yeah. Um, what's the short pitch for this book? Or okay, so like first thing is like it sounded like you're not gonna read it because you haven't read all of the Holly Gibney stuff. So you just kind of like keeping it for when you get there. Yeah. Um, I mean, so there's not a pitch <laughs> on the back of the book and, and I knew mm -hmm. this going in, um, but on the back of the book, it says, it, it's a quote from Stephen King. It says, I could never let Holly Gibney go. She was supposed to be a walk on character in Mr. Mercedes. And she stole the book and stole my heart. Holly is all her. Um, and oh. like I didn't read the Mr. Mercedes books, but I did watch the show. Actually, I just watched the show in the last year. I don't think I talked about it on here. Um, no, but but I binged the whole all three seasons in like less than a week. Um, oh wow, it's really really good. The second season is kind of middling, but the first and last season I think are very very good. And I was like, I, I really got to read these books because I know, like, it's going to be better in book form because some of the more supernatural elements just don't really come off that well in, uh, yeah. in the TV series. <clears throat> they seem um, like they come out of nowhere. Um, it's kind of like watching, uh, it's a terrible comparison, but uh, like watching the Langoliers versus reading the Langoliers. Like no, it's still batshit insane. But when you're, yeah. if you're watching the miniseries, you're like, none of this makes any sense. But somehow when you're reading it, it's like you're part of the craziness instead of watching the craziness. So, you know, you're, you're absolute. Oh man. Like that's like head on or, or, or even Tommy knockers. Like when yeah. you read Tommy knockers, it's like, it makes sense in the delusional <laughs> drug is a better comparison because it's <laughs> so fucking crazy. Yeah, that like like, and he's even admitted. King has admitted that that is at the height of his cocaine usage, his cocaine and alcohol usage. And when you read that, it reads like a coke fueled nightmare because it really is. But you get into the vibe of it when you watch Our, the TV show, like the the show or the miniseries. You go, what? This what is, is fucking. The, this is the stupid. What's the one with Duddits? The the. the oh that, God! I, that that I, movie has um, so many people in it. Oh my God! Um, yes, uh, and it's directed by Lawrence Kasdan. And um, good Lord, I did the ass weevils or the ass weasels, yeah. which were frightening in the book, but they made me laugh out loud. In yeah, it was the, ridiculous in the movie. In the movie. Why am I blanking on it? Oh god. Uh, um uh let's see. Uh I don't because it's so bad. Um it, it really is. It's it like I, I only watched it once. Dreamcatcher. Dreamcatcher. <laughs> uh, we owe each other a Coke and not the kind that Stephen King likes. Um yes. And also, no, no, to make it worse, it was the screenplay was by not only Kasdan, but William fucking Goldman. Arguably yeah. The best adapter, like, I feel like Misery is better in film form as it is in book form. Because book form, it's a little too mean. 
Like it's just mean enough. Like it's it's fucking wild. Like if you ever read that, like if anybody's ever like listen to the King cast. Like uh, ironically, I have um, I just posted a thing for Silver Bullet, and the best part about that 4K disc is they got um, they got Wampler and Vespi uh, to do a commentary track oh, that's on awesome. Silver Bullet. Oh my god! It, and it has all the things like I've listened to the King cast enough to know the certain things. Like they mention they mention revival, like which yeah. is a hilarious. Like that made me laugh out loud when I listened to them. Like and then they just kind of randomly throw it in there. I'm like, oh shit! It's this like really is obligatory. Like, <laughs> like every fucking episode, they're like, yep. whoever they have on, they're like, have you read revival? And revival? I, I have revival sitting here, and I, I'm yep. like, I, I've got to read this before. They accidentally spoil it for me. <laughs> because there's going to be somebody that's going to say yes, and then they're going to talk about something. They're going to be like, yes, and do you remember? Because I've never read it. I actually have it, too, um, because it's so notorious, right? Like, like it's such a, like, dark, like, it's a dark phase for, for like, you know, King of occasionally will do something that's just so nihilistic and just kind of like, oh, really? Wow. Like, like misery, like if you read misery and you get into it, like it's a very, very harrowing book. I mean, she doesn't she doesn't just break his his ankles. I mean, she takes his legs, she rapes him continually. Like it's a fucking dark ass book, right? And then you get the movie, and the movie is a lot cleaner. It's still dark, and it's still like it hurts. But like when I when I read like when I read misery, I was like, this is the worst. This is a nightmare. Like it's a true unforgiving nightmare, you know. Um, and I, I'm afraid that like I don't know if revival will live up to like its kind of reputation, right? Like I, I, that that's what I'm kind of like. Okay, maybe I'll get to it. It's not that long, but at the same time, it's still one of those things where you're like, huh. And I don't know, like people continually telling me about it, it kind of yeah. makes me not want to read. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, at this point, I am worried it won't live up to to their specific hype. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, there's there's at least one great episode of the King Cast on Dreamcatcher and how batshit crazy. Like from the outside, you look at that movie and like this is gonna be great, man. This yeah. cast is insane. This director, this this writer, like adapting a king story this is gonna be insane but they try to include everything that they can from that book and it's like oh man a lot of this could have gone like you you could have yeah. just cut it <laughs> like like the big like the biggest problem with the the movie is the dudded's character like i understood what he was doing but even at the time it's super troubling because it's like it's like the special magical, like mentally disabled kid, right? Like yeah. and and the whole I dud it. Yeah. Like I'm like, and even though it even though the reveal, which even for like a shitty ass movie for this, I'm not gonna ruin it. I'll let I want I want people to actually either read the book, which is fucking even more wild, um or and watch the movie, which is just it's so stupid. Like um, it's like it makes me want to watch it. I think it's on HBO Max. I may actually have to watch this shit just to get a good laugh. And it's long too. It's like a two and a half hour fucking movie. And it's not like it where 
like they take the like they make it like an important like it's a it's an important king book that they're adapting and they're making it important by making it two things right like two movies like it is very much like it where it tells two separate stories the kids at the time and then their adult versions and it's weird because they only they 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 have some of the young version but it's mostly the adults and like some of the adult stuff just doesn't fucking work like it just doesn't work i i like watching it and I go i remember watching it just going this cast is great but they're lost it's like i, I mean it's like like i don't know it's like i, I don't know man it is a wild ass movie that where nothing happens like where everything happens but nothing yeah happens. yeah <laughs> the end is just like i don't even know what all this was about like what yeah uh, uh yeah it is wow like i'm just like okay well yeah okay i mean you know uh there's all this i mean like you said it's like it, i mean it's big budget it's got like it's got a big budget it it looks it looks good for for a movie that's always set in snow which i'm only like you know the only time that a movie should be set in snow is if it's a western i love western set in snow but every place else it just doesn't i don't know there's something about snow that just makes film not work in the way that it should and this movie does exactly everything that i hate about a snowbound movie right yeah. like uh like, it, it looks like fake snow they're on sets like i don't know it's just uh it's wild um all to say I, like it's funny the, the, we, we we always take these rabbit holes especially with somebody like king where <laughs> like i feel like we're we almost do like this thing every once in a while where we we get a hold of king and when we get Stephen King's stuff, we kind of go down that rabbit hole. Like we just start talking about like because there's just so much to King's career, right? Like it's it's like listening to the King cast, which I only do infrequently yep, because it's too. just it, it it's just because I haven't read with the authority. Like I think the last period of time where I read with King with authority was like in like the late '90s, early 2000s, and then after that, it became an infrequent thing um yeah it, it and, was probably right out of high school for me so okay that, so yeah that would have been like, like late 90s yeah, yeah um 97 98 I, where like if I, I would just read whatever was coming out and you know also go back to something you know i hadn't read before and i i don't know where honestly probably dreamcatcher was a a, a drop-off point for me like Dreamcatcher and um hearts in atlantis which i i really really enjoyed at the time but like mm -hmm. I, I just in hindsight i'm like that book's kind of a mess too like it's just so yeah. all over the place um and then i kind of just fell off reading his stuff so like i have this huge gap and uh mm -hmm. I, honestly, the only thing that pulled me back in was finally, and we talked about this when we started, was finally forcing myself to read the Dark Tower stuff, uh, yes. which started really sluggish for me. Like, it took me forever to get through that first book because um, I was like, I am just not that interested in all this. Of course, now if I read it, knowing it's it's weird knowing the end I mm -hmm. think actually makes that book more interesting. It does. 
It really does. Like, and it gives you a context and yeah. Um, it, it, it is interesting. And, uh, yeah, like it's, it's weird how that happens, right? Like how you fall off, but it feels like when we fell off of King is the most, oh, okay. I know what the moment that I, I stopped reading was, um, Green Mile. Like the end of Green Mile was just so dissatisfying to me. Yeah. Um, like, and like his salt for everything was just so, and I mean, you know, we've talked about this before. Kings has a problem with endings. He has great setups. Um, he has pretty good second acts. Like, like his, like if he, if he connects with both two, the first two acts, the third act is always the place where it just stumbles. Um, for me he's, at least. Yeah. He's, it's so weird. I, I haven't read everything. But mm-hmm. so many of his long form stories, you're right. That the and I mean they talk about it on the King cast. He he's just not great with endings. Like No, he's not. He really isn't. He's got bangers when it's when it's like short stories. Yeah. Like his short story stuff. It's it's like the mist. Like to me, the mist is like one of those ones where it's just like, fuck yeah. And you know, you give that to Frank Darvon in film form and it works too, right? In a completely different way. Um you know, the girl who loved Tom Gordon. I love that because it's a shorter book. Like, yeah. it, it, it's like, like, you're right. As soon as you start getting into, like, the Under the Dome, Insomnia, Bag of Bones, like, 800 to 1,000 page tombs, I'm just like, give me a t- give me a break. Like, I can't do it. Like, because he gets lost in the mire. Like, that's yeah. what it is. Like, so many characters, so many plots. And he he realizes it, and rather than writing another 600 pages and making it a 2,000-page book, he tries to wrap it up in 100 pages, which is so kind of unsatisfying, for me at least. Um, Yeah. I I mean, it's so weird that (laughs) he is the one author, like, I will will just read, and Mm -hmm. I, I will sit here and be like, every time... Well, not every time, but almost all the time when I get to the, get to the end, I'm just like, really? Um, like right now, I'm reading. Uh, uh, well, this is a shorter one, so I, I don't have that trepidation. But I'm reading 1922, which is a oh, very okay. very yeah. short book, which is uh, about a a guy and his son, and it, it's set in the 19 early 1900s, um, yep. obviously, and th- they murder his wife slash the kid's mother and kind of everything that happens. And it's like written in the first person is this confession of everything. It's really, really short. I think it's less than a hundred pages. And, but it's because he's keeping it short. Like you said, he doesn't get lost in the, 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 the woods of Mm -hmm. trying to explain the weirder stuff you know and it's just like oh yeah um i mean i I, I guess spoilers for this book but um at some point the the guy winds up basically being haunted by his dead wife and these rats that Mm -hmm. that you know kind of ate her body and you know it doesn't make any sense, but like he doesn't try to explain it. So it just, it doesn't matter. You know, uh, yeah. the, the three books he did for, um, 
uh what is that 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 publisher the crime fiction publisher uh, oh the one that he did the um colorado kid for um yeah. good lord I, I know who you're talking hard about. case uh, because, or something like that yeah um i actually started um buying books from them because he started doing it and it was so great um i know what you're talking about i cannot think of the name of it um i hard case crime that's yeah. uh no, no 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 is that yeah 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 that's it hard case crime but yeah, like like those three books, one of them isn't great. The I think the Colorado Kid was pretty good. That's Haven was based on that, which I want to watch yes. Haven. Um, it, it was on for a while. It's got like seventy episodes. Um, yes, it does. Uh, the, the there was one about I think I talked about it on here about a kid that sees dead people. And uh, isn't that later? Isn't that yes, later? Yes. Yeah. Later. It, and it has um, what's her? Um, it uh, it uses um, oh god, it's told in the first person. I think like it's yeah. told from the kid's perspective. From the kid's perspective, yeah. Yeah. Um. Uh, but yeah, it's it's, it's like it's really good, and but it's yeah. also like less than. I, 150 pages <laughs> like it might be 200 pages but it's pretty short and uh i don't even think it's close to 200 pages i'd have to look but uh i also think that like okay so like i'm gonna throw something out to you um i also think that when king is 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 in is bending into other genres like he's taking he's taking his horror elements and he's bending them into other places like like a like a mystery um um or or like young adult like going into like young adult territory i feel like he like he's a little bit more inspired and it causes him to lean out his stories and like connect in a in a way that i feel like he doesn't connect in his like it's almost like it's like what Spielberg does. He make like well, not anymore, but he used to when he'd make a big epic and then he'd make a smaller personal film, right? Like I feel like King's like version of the epics are his horror novels, right? His thousand page tunes or like whatever yeah. like big big idea he's working with, and then the stuff that he gives to the smaller imprints like Hard Case Crime are like the things that are like leaner, smaller, more personal things that he doesn't think are going to connect with like his mass audience, right? Those are the better things because they're leaner, because he's more of an editor inside of his head and he has one story that he tells. Like that's the thing I feel like that connects these all is that it's very much narrative narrative driving single like tunnel vision like storytelling at least to me i don't know what do you think yeah no i mean i i think that's pretty spot on um mm -hmm. yeah i i'm always more excited to read the smaller stories and like i know he's got a short story collection i think coming out early next year um mm -hmm. like i'm excited for that i was always even when i was younger i was always excited for his short story collections and not that I wasn't excited for anything else, but like I always knew, mm -hmm. like this is gonna, this is just not gonna end well, <laughs> you know. <laughs> well, yeah, no, 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 absolutely. Uh, we talked about the boogeyman, right? Yeah. Uh, the, the king, like, 
I like <clears throat> did you I still see haven't it? seen it. Okay. Um that's one that like like it's weird because it's like talking about it like like that connects on the first two thirds of the movie and then the the finale um after I had realized what short story it was, I mean like I was like, Oh, okay, I did read that. And like what they did with it, it actually kind of betrays like I feel like they should have kept to the king ending. Like it was weird. Uh but anywho, like like but uh yeah, like uh so Holly, going back to the original thing, so you're gonna you're gonna read the first books so that you can get to Holly. <laughs> yeah, the problem is I don't have them. I don't have Mr. Mercedes. I don't have um the outsider. I don't have uh well there's three of them. Mr. Mercedes, Outsider, and there's another uh what was his name? Uh Bill Hodges. I think there was another oh, Bill, Bill Hodges yeah. book. There Holly is, might not have been in that one though. Yeah. So there's Mr. Mercedes, Finders Keepers, and End of Watch. Okay, so yeah, there's three of them. So yeah, I don't have yeah. those three books, and I don't have The Outsider. So I'm like, well, crap. I, I would like to read those first. And I, I've been going to my uh, local uh, uh, used bookstore, and they never have those books. <laughs> so <laughs> That's interesting. Um, no, that, that's very interesting that they don't have. Yeah, uh, the last last thing I was able to pick up. Well, I, I should say they don't have them reasonably. Uh, I, I yeah. think I've seen them like brand new uh, for like twenty bucks or something like that. But I'm I'm trying to score them for like eight dollars. I bought the regulators a couple of weeks ago there for seven bucks. Ooh. So that okay. So is that the King book or is that the Bachman the... book? And the bot okay, okay. Because like I loved like that was an era, like that was Prime King for me. Like when he released both of those, like it blew my mind that yeah. at the same time he I mean he essentially told the same story from different uh from different universes because he was writing under Bachman and he was writing under King. Yeah. Um which like I have to ask, do you appreciate his his playfulness as a writer? In this, in that regard, I do. But yeah. sometimes it can be very annoying to people, and I can totally get that if you are annoyed with him the way that he does things like that. Sometimes, I, to like to me, mm -hmm. I don't. I I I do. I I appreciate that he takes chances, and even if they don't work, kind of just like shrugs his shoulders and is like oh okay well i died man i tried it it didn't really work out but here's the mm -hmm. result like you can kind of just judge for yourself and I, you know it, it and and he doesn't really engage with the the negative criticism so much but like he also isn't out there like defending the fact that it's a fucking giant spider that they fight at the end of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just like, no, absolutely. Well, no, that like it, because it, it, in it, it, I guess rightfully so, like, it, is anybody who's ever tried to write fiction knows, like, when it's not like coming to you, like, it's really difficult to force it. So if he's just yeah. like, 
letting like whatever he calls it like letting the story come to him you know like that's what he saw that's what he felt that's what he that's what he was told by whoever to put down on paper and so it just is what it is and it's just like i i'm not gonna change it i'm not gonna defend it i'm not gonna you know i so i yeah i've always appreciated that um it you know it's it's kind of like a filmmaker who's always just doing something new and mm -hmm. occasionally going back to something that that you know the the trout and true so you know but can still play the hits you know I, yeah I don't know. yeah I, it it never bothers me like I know that there was a good long while of people like shitting on him as this like kind of populist thing, but I don't, like, okay, so. <laughs> yeah, I, I, well, okay, so like that, I don't get. Like that, I truly don't get. Like shitting on him for being like this pop culture, like freight train. You can't help that. All you can do is help like all you can do with that kind of stuff is hope to god that your your i don't even know how to call it like like that you like that you can do exactly what 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 king does which is be remain consistent and i feel like oftentimes like i think the most fascinating thing to me is just how how consistent he stayed for what 60 years or 50 plus years like that's amazing right like yeah, that's I, I mean it's kind of ridiculous that i mean you have authors that put out like two books a year but mm -hmm. they're very okay so like james patterson i yeah. like I, I i've liked james patterson i've read a lot of the Alex Cross stuff. Um, not mm -hmm. a lot. I've read some of it. I enjoyed it, but like it's kind of like watching Law and Order SVU, where after yeah. if you've watched three or four episodes in a row, it's just like, well, I kind of know what's going to happen on the next episode. Like I get the point. <laughs> like after three or four Alex mm -hmm. Cross books, I was like, I got it. Like. I appreciate it. I'm not going to come back every three months or six months or twice a year, whatever, <laughs> to read this. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> like, it's fun, but I I need something different. And King might only put out one book a year, occasionally two, but it, it's a, that little bit of the same, but always different. You know? Yeah. No, absolutely. He he, uh, like he's somebody that doesn't write to formula, even though sometimes he does. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it, it, it's weird because it's like he has a formula, but the formula isn't plot based, right? It's character based. At least to me, like it, it's like yeah, he has a way of writing things, but it's never like, like I never look at something and go like, if I pick up a King novel, it's or even even when I'm like just searching around and looking at like what he's up to, um, I look at it and I go, 
oh, well, that's interesting. Um, I would, I never go, oh, well, here he goes again. Another fucking Alex Cross novel. Like you said, like James Patterson is like the perfect, uh, is the perfect person um, to actually kind of talk about that because he's so, um, it's so kind of plot based. It's not like, um, like I read, I, I occasionally read, uh, read, like for a long time I was reading the Reacher novels, like a lot, like yeah. a lot, a lot, uh, because, because they're so easily digestible and sometimes you just want that. Um, but I will tell you this much with the Reacher novels, the formula is Reacher. Like the big lumbering freight train is the, is the, like, I don't know if you've read the Reacher novels, but I mean, that's, that's the formula. But he wraps it like Lee Child always like manages to like wrap him around an interesting plot that's never the same thing that you ever deal with in in an in in like say even three books from before, right? Like it's always something that's that he consistently comes up with good ideas to wrap around and give let Reacher figure out how to tell that story. Like maybe it might be about a bank robbery, but it's never going to be a standard thing because Reacher is is a character that's quite unique in the way that he approaches things. And aka going back to the Columbo of, of it all, like it's yeah, you may have understood these plots, but because the character is so unique in the way they approach things, the fun is in the way that you manipulate that. And like I feel like Patterson never does that. Like Alex Cross is basically your standard police detective. There's nothing it's it's sad to say that there's nothing new about him, right? And like that's the problem with a lot of like running series is that it's all pap and people don't push themselves. Yeah. King pushes himself. Like I feel that. Like even if his 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 endings are fucking weird and stupid and they don't make sense and he tries to connect things too quickly, he's trying. Like he still cares. Like you can feel the care in his work. And I feel like ultimately that's like that's what keeps me coming back to him is that he cares. Like it's not like he ever like I've never read a, a novel where I went, well, fuck, the writing sucks here. Like from King, but there are many other writers that I've read that I just go, wow, the writing is fucked off. What the fuck? You took a paycheck, man. Yeah. But he doesn't have to. He's he's a fucking like he like you know like like Steven Spielberg. He's an industry. He doesn't have to like write unless he wants to, right? Like he has to like, like he doesn't have to. Like he something has to compel him to write. Like, but as we've learned in any of the like autobiographical things that he he's written, like there like he is like he is like constantly like trying to get everything down on paper. Like there, like the problem is is that he doesn't not see anything. Like he sees stories where uh, like you know, out of like thin air and true inspiration. Like his brain is constantly going from what it, what I understand, what I understand. Like even his car accident, he his car accident made him like for a while he was like what, but it inspired him. And I feel like the car accident is the the is what inspired the second half of his career. Like I know it sounds strange, but if he doesn't have that car accident, I don't think that we have the Stephen King right now writing. I think that he retires and he just kind of goes on the lecture circuit like at least to me uh i mean you i don't think you're wrong i mean he he could probably speak to it but of course but yeah it it very much seemed like uh um 
uh, George R. R. Martin kind of thing where it's like, oh, I'm winding down. Yeah. I'm going to do this one. Like, I'm going to finish out the Dark Tower stuff eventually. And then, you know, that'll be it. And then he got in that car accident and was like, oh, fuck. Like, wait, I think I have a lot more to tell. And, yeah. it, it, you know, it, it's and he's also taken a lot more chances like he yeah he seemed to be more interested in uh also revisiting things after the car accident which i i think is interesting because <clears throat> we we got the the dark tower stuff wrapped up after the car accident i think was uh um what's it called uh black house was that post car accident which is a, a sequel uh, to the talisman yep. um we got uh i mean he he's got three in the that mr mercedes series like he yeah. other than the dark tower stuff he never really published a series about, about like fo- consistently following a character i mean you had you always had characters that popped up and if, if it was set in castle rock or something you know you had those yes. people that would get mentioned you know but it was never like a specific character so like it's just stuff like that you know that that I, I don't know he just seemed more down to like try different things you know like experiment yeah, yeah. go do, you know go to different publishing routes uh you know the, those hard case books um there's one i've got that i've been wanting to read that's um i mean it's a simon and schuster but it was published yeah. as this like tiny hardback called uh blockade billy um oh, about okay. is it like a prison book no li- this is the uh uh the the log line from new york times best-selling author stephen king comes the haunting story of blockade billy the greatest major league baseball player to be erased from the game. Whoa. Like, you know what? Like, it's weird because whenever he writes about baseball, he is super inspired. So this could be something that's really awesome. Okay. All right. I like that. I might actually have to, might actually have to read because like the girl who loved Tom Gordon is like, is like kind of like the Venn diagram of like, what he writes and what he loves meeting like the perfect melding. Uh, isn't there supposed to be like a, isn't there an, like there's always an adaptation, but isn't yeah. there something that recently came up that was like, it's actually being produced. Like it's like, like close to being like actually done. Yeah. It seems like once a year, somebody says, Oh no, 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 we're going, we're going to do that because it's literally a story of a girl lost in the woods. And woods, yeah, it, it's, it's, easily adaptable but also very capable of being fucked up <laughs> uh, yeah well like you heard that uh just recently they just announced that they're officially making the long walk which yeah. i still don't believe it'll actually happen like um I, i'm i'm very like that one is one of those ones that i'm always like yeah, I mean, I've heard that there's short films about it. Like, people have made short films, like, based on it. But if you do it right, it's it's not Hunger Games. It's more like Battle Royale, if you've ever seen Battle Royale, which I always feel like um, 
you know, there's so many people who've watched, uh, who who look at the Hunger Games and goes, oh yeah, well, you know, that's such an original idea, you know, I'm like, no, it was done by a Japanese movie that was harder core than that. Um, <laughs> you know, kids killing kids. I'm like, but you got to see it. Um, but anywho, um, like, it's like one of those things where it's like, the the topic is so salacious. It's not salacious, but it's just enough to be like it's it, it's it's those kind of off topic things that you don't want to talk about. In that you have to do it right to get the story right. Like, and I don't feel like people want people want to make it a PG movie or a PG thirteen movie when it really should be an R rated movie. Right, yeah. like the, like to do the the story justice, like it has to be done in a way that I feel respects the source material, which I don't feel like anybody wants to. Even like the girl who loved Tom Gordon, there's a way to do it, very low budget, um, with a with a teenage girl that's like ex- like there's certain like like this is something where it's like you have to get a Jennifer Lawrence Lawrence type talent. Like at the time, like you know, like when Winter Winter's Bone, like you, like oh, everybody yeah. remembers, like the bomb drop that that movie created, like that's the kind of like act, like find that you have to find in an actress, right? So it's not one of those movies that you can just go, yeah, let's just do it. Let's like the girl who loved Tom Gordon is so dependent on the the younger actor that you get to cast. It has to be like a once in a lifetime or a once in a generation talent. That you find that you go, holy shit, who is this fucking girl? At the end of the movie, you don't care about anything else other than, god damn, that girl, like, she's a star. She's going to win Oscars. Like, that's the kind of level of, of talent that you need to pull this. Because it's easy for King to write the things that he writes in the book. Because it's just, it, it's to his talent. And that, But the other thing is, is, does it become, like, the girl who loved Tom Gordon, like, that's a title that only like guys of a certain age or people that were into baseball understand who Tom Gordon is. Right. Right. And so does it become a period piece? Because I think it kind of has to, right? I mean, yeah, it it would make, it would make sense to do it that way. Yeah. Like that's the book that like, if if we want to like talk, like, you know, like dreams of being a filmmaker, that's the book. Other than the stand, um, but I never could, I would never be able to do the stand. But like The Girl Who Loved Tom Gordon is the book that I would adapt. Like if I had the chance, like, you know, I made an indie movie, it was a hit, and they were like, what do you want to do next? Let's get Tom, let's get, let's get Stephen King on the line and let's go ahead and figure out how to get, uh, get The Girl Who Loved Tom Gordon. Because that's like, ultimately, it's like one of my favorite things from him because of how simplistic it is. Yeah, it's it's a, a mine uh niece Ryan's daughter Casey asked me uh-huh. about reading Stephen King stuff cuz she likes spooky movies and, and she was like, "Would I like any of his stuff?" And I was like, "I I think the book that you'd like is The Girl Who Loved Tom Gordon." Um is she and, that kind of is she that kind of like uh, like you know like uh, just as a side note. Um did she like is she like the kind of like uh, is she like? Did she like the the most recent uh, Brian Duffield uh, movie? Uh, no one's going to save you. Have you seen uh, that? I haven't seen it. I don't know that she's seen it. Um, okay. I bought her the book. I don't know if she ever read it. I actually haven't talked to her in a, a while. 
Um, oh, okay. So I, I don't know if she ever actually went and read it, but I bought it for her. I was like, because part of her problem with books is like, if it's 300 pages, she was like, I'm never going to finish that. And I'm like, if you start <laughs> it, you'll finish it, you know? Um, yeah. So, and the girl who loved Tom Gordon is uh, 150 pages, maybe. Yeah, um, 200 pages. Um, it's, it's the perfect length. Yeah. And so, you know, I feel like that, it, that book, that story is very, very, like, good entry level because, he, like we've talked about, he doesn't fuck it up with his no. his meddling. Like, it's it's there, it works, you know, you're, you're in and out, and it, it's, you know, it's got its scary moments, and, like, yeah. Um, apparently, uh, uh, Chris Romero, uh, George Romero's uh, wife, well, uh, I guess former wife um, mm-hmm. it is still trying to get it uh, get the film adaptation going oh, as okay. of a couple of years ago. So I guess uh, Romero's company still owns the uh, the rights to adapt it because I know he was trying oh. to do it before he passed away. Yes, I do remember that um, Romero had been a huge fan. I mean, he's been a huge like he's. I mean, he's been the hugest support, uh, hugest supporter of, of, um, of Stephen King. Like even King, like like their love affair is kind of like like you know the the child that ended up being the creep show, which is kind of beautiful. Like in itself, it's like it's like I feel like if you're a true King fan, like you're like you have a special place in your heart for shorts with him because he's so good at shorts and novellas. And I feel like that's like kind of like creep show and cat's eyes are kind of like these weird, like perfect summation, little summations of like, of the era, like what Stephen King could do with like little short stories, um, at least to me. And so like the fact that Romero's company has that, um as long as it's like a good director i'm i'm totally for it like he like romero was always one of those guys until the end i felt like he was one of those guys that always punched up at the industry um like the studio complex and i loved it i loved him for it he was like a true punk rock i mean he just wanted to stay and he wanted to stay in pittsburgh and make his fucking movies and do whatever he wanted to do and uh you know just kind of love him for it um so that's actually kind of interesting that uh, Romero's company has it. I wonder who they get for it. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't know. I feel like this would be a good vehicle for like, and the actress would have to be, like you said, a teenager, much unknown yeah. and a generational talent. Um, yep. You just ha- you'd have to screen test so many people. You just have to, but. Um, yeah, yeah, maybe it's just because uh, he's been in the the quote horror news, but I, I feel like somebody like Eli Roth could do it justice. Um, he really, yeah, he could. Like he's got the, and he's he's from Boston, and or he's from New England, like that area. Um, he's never done a King adaptation, though you can almost feel like he's never wanted to say it but he kind of does like, you know, like being somebody, yeah. you know what, you know what, actually he was close to making cell. Like he yeah. actually was the first director on cell 
and then dropped out because budgetary reasons and stuff. He wanted to make it like the like from what I understood, like after everything came out, like after everything, the dust had settled and then World War Z came out. He was like, that's the kind of zombie movie I wanted to make with Cell. He's like, I wanted to make that big of a movie, but I wanted to make it rated R and they didn't want to give me the budget for it, which and he's like, if I can't make it like that, then I can't make I don't want to make it. And we saw what happened when they made Cell. Like, it wasn't great. It really wasn't. Um, you know, uh, even though it was basically from the same team that did 1408, which is actually a really good Stephen King adaptation. Um, uh, but yeah, uh, man, we've gone the deep end with fucking Stephen King yeah, again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, uh, what did you get for Black Friday? <laughs> um, I got a bunch of Blu-rays and 4Ks uh, that were like super cheap. Like I, I have this, I have this ten dollar rule um, for 4Ks, and then I have like a five dollar rule for Blu-rays. So it's very simple. I mean, it's anything below five bucks, and it's something that I want that's on my list. I'm getting it. Uh, 4Ks, anything under ten dollars. Um, more than likely like $9.99, right? And below, right? I'll get. So uh, that's on my list. So I got um, I got a pretty decent amount of things, like not a big list. Uh, I got both Puss in Boots movies on 4K because they were, they were both under like seven, I think it was like $7 for each of them. I'm like, hell yeah, I'm going to get those. Um, the Mist, Stephen King, uh, under, under 10 bucks, 4K. Um, Pulp Fiction was $7.99 on 4K, and I don't have it, so, you know, yeah. uh, when in doubt. Um, and then the menu, ben, uh, Banshees of Insurance, uh, the uh, Bowfinger movie, uh, Bowfinger? Oh, all yeah, were... I haven't seen Bowfinger in a long time. <laughs> oh, man, I just rewatched it. Oh, like, top-tier <sighs> movies about making movies. Um, those were, like, the big purchases. Like, all of them under... Like the the menu, Banshees of Insurin and Bowfinger were all like four ninety nine purchases. Oh, and Inglorious Bastards on four K. Um, at the same time, uh, was like four nine five ninety nine. Uh, so, like, I spent maybe <laughs> maybe fifty bucks in total. Yeah. Um, oh, and I did get oh also video game wise, um, I got uh, Red Dead Redemption two because I not played it and. I'm going to tell you something. Did you know that that fucking game has been $50 for the yeah. last like year? Yeah. It finally, it went down like target had it for 1999. And so I was like, fuck this. I'm getting this fucking game because a, I haven't played it. Like that's a, this is a discussion for another time. I've just never, I never had a chance to play it. And it's one of those big blind spots. Like everybody loves that game. Everybody has called it a, like a, a masterpiece so i needed to buy it. i i wanted to play it and i knew that i knew that it's it's one of the one of the few but many ps4 games that are still compatible which is a whole like i love xbox for one reason reverse compatibility you you can pop any disc in one of their newest systems and it will play yeah ps the playstation fuck you guys with your fucking discompatibility i can't put in ps3 discs um to like you know do all of the get all the games that i want to play play i have to buy them from your stupid store because you know whatever but before that became an issue 
I wanted to play. Like, this has been a big game on my list. And it, but I mean, like I said, I don't want to spend fucking $50 on a game uh, that's a PS4 game um, that isn't Spider Man. So <laughs> I, I got it for 20 bucks and um, I downloaded it. Uh, and I just started playing the first 20 minutes of it. And oddly enough, it takes place like the first part of it. I don't know if you've played it, but the first part of it plays uh, is uh, takes place in, in winter, like a snowy, like it's a snowy Western. It starts off as a snowy Western, which again, is one of my favorite tropes in Westerns, um, which I loved, uh, now, which it's one of those games that I've looked at and was like, if I start playing this, this is all I'm going to do for a year and a half. Yeah. So... No, absolutely. I mean, like, um, I already, I hundred percent, uh, I, I already completed, um, Spider-Man two. Like I, I, I went to 100 on it, got all the various things. So I'm just waiting for the DLC on that. So like I needed something else, um, before I went into, uh, zero dawn, the, the second zero dawn and then the yeah. second God of war, those are still like, they never dropped in price. Uh, the same with like Hogwarts. I wanted to, like, there were four games that I had on my list to buy. And none of them went down to a price that I felt were, well, there was one, like Hogwarts went down to $39.99 and then it got sold out. Like it just instantly sold out. It was like everybody was watching it and waiting for it. And so I couldn't get that one. And then the second God of War film and the, or sorry, sorry, not film, but uh, um, uh, video game, the second God of War video game and the uh, second Zero Dawn were just never dropped below $50. Like, and that leads to a different kind of discussion about Black Friday, which was I was like, you know, there weren't that great deals. Like they they were doing the stupid thing that we see in memes where they're like, like, you know, it's the Vince McMahon, like like the Vince McMahon meme that says like this, then this, then this. It was like like forty nine ninety nine regularly priced. <laughs> um and then the next one is like $69.99 slash $49.99 Black Friday sale. Um, and I'm like, yeah, that's what they did. They literally, there was nothing. Like they said they were Black Friday sales. But I'm like, I've been watching things for like the last month. And prices didn't change. They just slapped a Black Friday label on it. Thinking that we were going to take the bait. And I'm like, no. Fuck you guys and your fucking stupid inflation. Like, like literally made me so upset. Yeah. I was like, there's no deals here. I'm not going to buy your things. You know, I'm not going to buy, I'm not going to purchase this crap. So yeah, it was kind of frustrating this year because you like, you know, if you wanted to get deals or you like saved a little money, like I did, and you wanted to buy stuff like, you know, that you hadn't bought all, like you, you were waiting for black Friday for, right. Um, and it just didn't happen. I was like, okay, well, I guess, you know. So yeah, I, the only other thing I bought was, uh, um, and it wasn't really a Black Friday deal. It was a record store day deal. <laughs> um, oh, dude, you completed the trilogy. Yeah, um, or a quadrilogy, right? <laughs> quadrilogy, there would be four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the uh, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special uh, album, which I, I actually didn't even know had been released. Because I was just like, ah, that, that it'll show up eventually. And then yeah. uh, McKay's, the bookstore I've often referenced, which I say bookstore, but they sell so much crap. Um, I, I just happened upon it, uh, like, 
I was I wasn't even looking through new records, but I, I was digging. I was looking. I, I don't remember what I was looking for, and then mm-hmm. something caught my eye, and I was like, I guess I'll look at the new stuff because usually their new stuff is like what is thirty dollars at most places is forty dollars there, and I'm like, I don't look at their their stuff that's still shrink wrapped because yeah. it's overpriced, and uh, I hadn't realized that it was out, and I so I was like, okay, well, I mean, I have to get this, so. Um, yeah, I haven't opened it yet to listen to it. So I've been waiting for a little bit closer to Christmas. But uh yeah, I was excited to to pick that up. Yeah, that's a that is a that is a find and a half because um yeah, like I mean you already have the trilogy, but now you have the bonus of the Christmas album, which yeah. has some great um Christmas tunes on it, but it also has some great just regular tunes. Um so like it's a great compilation. Like all 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 three of those albums are like great compilation albums. Like we've talked about that before, and just how great those albums are, and just being able to put them on and just let your day like like you know it's like Saturday cleaning music, right? Like yep. you put it on, you just kind of get a vibe on, and you just kind of roll with it. Um, which I fucking love. Like I love that. Like you know, and, and now that you have the Christmas one, you add the Christmas into the the cycle of it all right so like yep. you know next week when you decide to to start playing some christmas music you don't even have to go to spotify you just put on that fucking album like the is it a double album or is it a, no, it's is it a double a LP? okay all right but it does have the the bacon songs on it right it has uh, to have yes. bacon songs yes okay good good um yeah uh speaking of christmas um so i got to see a merry little batman the um the thing the 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 movie that they sold to that warner brothers sold to amazon and amazon decided to release it this christmas um and i can talk about it because by the time you post this my embargo will be have lifted um because they're having a they're having a amazon is actually doing today all nationwide they're doing a single a single screening of it at just various locations um one in atlanta uh, for those that live in the like, you know, Columbus area and stuff like well, I mean, it'll be already too late for that shit. But um, so I got to see it and I can actually talk about it, um, which to which I'm going to say, uh, I was genuinely surprised. I really liked it. Um it's very different uh for like it's interesting because it's like I always love it when when like animation decides to kind of make a veer left or right or just basically switch it up in the style of animation but it also changes everything like tone um this one is done in a like kind of like almost like a maurice selnick type of messy animation it's very hand-drawn um and it's just kind of like a delightful like pre-teen christmas movie like if you had kids that are into batman anybody below like say the age of 11 or 12 are gonna love this it's like the so so the, so the conceit is this um <laughs> batman played by luke wilson yes luke wilson that's so <laughs> weird it's weird but when you figure out the context of it the whole dad bod dad pun situation it makes perfect sense so like the concept is this the conceit is this uh batman 
played by Luke Wilson, has officially cleaned up the entirety of Gotham's crime issue. The reason why he did is because he just had a son, Damien. And so, like, over, like, <laughs> three years, he all he does is just clean it up. And so, to the point to where Gotham becomes the safest city in the world. And so, like, now, three years later, or no, 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 five years later, Damien's, like, eight or nine. Um, and he's totally, like, you know, he knows his dad is Batman and all that good stuff. Um, and it's him, Alfred, and uh, and his dad. And their cat named Selena, which is fucking hilarious. And it's Christmas Eve. And like they're they're just like Damien wants to be Batman so bad. Um, that's all he thinks about. He puts on a fucking paper bag with ear bat. I'm looking at it. It's really it's funny. So fucking great, dude. And he's just going around causing havoc in the house, right? And Basically, what happens is, is that he gets called by the Justice League. Batman does. And before he leaves, he gives his he gives Damien his first gift, like his his big gift. And it's exactly what Damien wanted, which is a bat utility belt. But it's a kid bat utility belt. Right. It has like uh, bat band-aids and um, like, you know bat snacks and shit like that right it doesn't have anything that he really wants like the batarang or or like you know the zipline gun and shit like that um he gets called and he has to leave and as we all know what what is that that's just a setup right like and so what starts off as like it starts off as like a home alone style inspired thing where these robbers are stealing from like these different McMansions like and then they get into the Wayne Manor and Damien has to kind of become a little Batman but then again they get away and they take his utility belt and this starts this whole chain reaction where this is all a plan set up by all of the different villains of the of Gotham to rain terror on Christmas Day or Christmas Eve and it's how Damien, with the help of his own bat suit with a bat AI, which is like literally like on his chest with the bat logo. And it like anytime the AI talks, which is Luke Wilson in a robot voice, is like guiding uh, is guiding Damien through all of these different little mini adventures with the different um, the different villains of of Gotham. And it all ends with like this whole thing about Christmas and uh, like, you know, surprise, you know, like they saved the day and all that shit. But I will tell you, it's a lot of fun. Like it's yeah. a, it's it looks so different and it's so stylistically different. It's so much so that like they make so many references to so many other things like other Batman things, but it's never the the Batman things that you expect. It's always the jaunty stuff. It's the Batman Returns stuff because there's a penguin in there. Um, like there's a, just a throw out line, you know, my parents, <laughs> my parents threw me, uh, threw me in my bassinet down the, uh, the Gotham river, like just like random, like, and it's not even, he's not even on screen when he says it, it's just like a throwaway line. Um, the, the Batman 66 theme is used multiple times, like, but it's not in the score. It's, Batman and Damien both going na 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 na. It's kind of great. It's 
kind of like a lovely little like when it premieres next week um like i would tell anybody that has kids that are under the age like like i said preteens because it's very kind of it's very kind of like like not kitty but goofy in a way that though like preteens would love and teenagers would just roll their eyes on yeah um and it's a lot of fun because it's very different than what you expect from batman like 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 honestly like it looks very stylistically different but then that style informs the tone and the tone is very light very kind of christmasy very anarchistic um but not in the way that i feel like other people would want it to be it's not as mean as you think it would be it's not mean at all uh there's a few scary moments um but it's not scary in the way that you like like frightening like evil frightening it's just more like oh okay scary um but it's like it's really kind of a lot of fun i really genuinely had a good time with it it's got some great songs um of course they use like joker who's in it of course he like everybody like i can tell you this all of batman's rogues gallery is in there like with the exception of with the exception of catwoman um but they do make a joke about catwoman i mean (laughs) with the selena the the selena of it all and stuff and then damien does make a reference to his mom being a villain um and so but it's all in all it's like it's it's a lot of fun um it's more christmas centric than you would imagine and um it's more of a Damien. It's like that's why it's called Merry Little Batman because it's it's a Damien adventure. So like Luke Wilson is only in it maybe a total of ten, maybe fifteen minutes of the entire ninety minute movie. Okay, yeah, yeah. I'm, I've been interested to see it just because a, a it was something that Zaslav deemed unworthy of being released through Warner. Yeah. Um, but also, you know, just as a, as an oddity, like, you know, I like the idea of letting different creatives at these properties and letting them interpret it in different ways. Like, I I know there are a lot of people out there that would, you know, stick their noses up at stuff like this um that would call themselves fans and i you know i I guess at one point in time i probably would have felt like that about certain things but Mm -hmm. i don't know now i'm just like i like it it can exist and it, it doesn't have to be you know the canon like it can it's just a thing that can exist um so you know, like we both have a, a huge fondness for Batman, the Brave and the Bold. And, yes. you know, that was a show that a lot of people um, were like, well, you know, Batman, the animated series. I'm like, hey, I mean, but that that show have been off the air for a long time. This doesn't have to be that, you know, <laughs> like this can exist yeah. separate of that. And it's a lot of fun. Um, so, yeah, I'm excited Absolutely. to see it. Yeah, and, like, how can you go wrong with Batman in a beard in his Bat costume? It's something that I've never seen before, that this show, this stupid animated series, like, this stupid animated movie does. Like, he has, like, at a certain point, like, once he's become dad Batman, he has a beard. And then when he goes out 
in his bat costume, like for his own adventure when the Justice League calls him, he's he has his beard. He doesn't shave it, which is hilarious to that's, me. That's um, fantastic. And then you have like James Cromwell as Alfred. Like, how can you not like how can you not just at least yeah. be a little bit curious about this? You know, when you're a Batman. But then again, you know what? I I mean, like we've talked about, like DC has sometimes been the most toxic of of fandoms out there and they they want their they like you know that Snyderverse cancer has definitely been something that has I like it, it's truly like wild to see how much like well it's not my Batman and it's like well it's not Batman's not yours to begin with right yeah. like and I also feel like it's it's however Batman hits you first right like we I mean we started a podcast Batman 66 to talk about Batman right like and like you know arguably one of our favorite entities or versions of Batman Batman 66 I mean that's what I grew up with like yeah, before that was our they, first uh, before even yeah. the comics that was our Batman that that was yeah. what we watched because that's what our parents watch and so when it, it 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 hit reruns it was like oh you have to watch this you know like you'll mm-hmm. like this and it's bright and funny and loud and you know goofy and uh, all the things you need when you're six um you know it, yeah yeah I, I i i can appreciate you know the darkness of batman but like i you know, I also really like it when, you know, they do goofy things. Uh, yeah, that that was part of the charm of the uh, My Adventures with Superman is that yes, it was a it was there was a playfulness with the character. It was not so fucking dour that that you know, and, and that's mm-hmm. literally having creatives go. What if we made Superman like it was an anime And not that anime yeah. can't be Dour because it definitely can But you know what if It was I, and I, I don't Know Tim could correct me here About all the different anime Terms um, but you know a specific Type of anime that That's kind of fun And you know Whatever mm. but uh, But yeah I I, I Always really enjoy seeing those different takes even if like they don't work like teen titans go doesn't really work for me for the most part you know i'll watch it now and then and you know i'm like oh well that was a fun episode but then you know the next five episodes that i i check out over the next six months i'm like no i did not enjoy that but for some people it works you know um it just you know but i i'm not going to no, yeah, like shit on it and be like this needs to be off the air these this is not the the titans that that we should have it's just like okay well you know it is what it is no you, and you're right like i don't get that gatekeeping bullshit like i really don't like i i don't subscribe to it like I mean, if, if you want, if Black Adam is your version of the DC, like the DC universe, then that's fine. Like, go ahead. But don't sit there and tell me that I'm wrong for not liking it. 
yeah. right? Like, like that's all I care for is that I don't do that to you. You don't do that to me. Right. Like ultimately that's all that I care about is that like, you know, it, it, and that's in anything in film, right. Or like, you know, social media, if you want to go see George Clooney's boys in the boat about like fucking rowing, fine, go ahead and do it. Like, you know, be happy, but don't try to convince me that if I don't want to see it, which I really don't, don't try to think that that's your, that's your cue to tell me that I'm fucking wrong because I'm not wrong. Because that's just me, right? That's that's just what I... That's my taste, right? Like, I don't want to see that fucking movie. Fine. I don't want to see it. Like, but, like, it's one thing to, like, say, hey, you know what? It's actually a great movie, yada, yada, yada. It's another thing to berate me, like, many people... Like, like often is the case with not movies, but, like, comic book ventures. Like, anything that has, like a massive footprint in in pop culture it it often feels like it's a war and i just like i don't subscribe to that it's just not a war like my my viewing habits and how i intake things is mine you don't get to fucking tell me what the fuck to do um you know you don't tell like you can like I can be persuaded to maybe be interested in something, but my opinion is usually my opinion and you're not going to get me to change. If I don't like something, I don't like something. It, don't you remember when like we used to have like the, like it's always funny to me now to think about this is that like somebody has to be right and somebody has to be wrong in an argument, right? We can't yeah. just simply agree to disagree. Like, I mean, there's, there are things that I'm fairly certain that we we align pretty similarly to things, but then there's things that like I'm like that's a bridge too far for me for, with you with the with you, and then there's probably things with me that you're like yeah that's a bridge too far too, like I can't do that, but it's never for me it's never like oh well you don't like that that's that that's like I I'm confirmed in my personality enough and who what I like and my things that my ego isn't frail enough to where if you don't like something that I'm going to distance, like I'm going to distance myself from you. I'm going to make you an enemy. Like that is not the case. Like it's, it's film. There's so many other things that you can, or there it's pop culture. There's so many other things that we can disagree about and get super upset at each other over why this, you know, because yeah. I don't like black Adam because I don't like the DCEU because what I have a tempestuous relationship with, with Zack Snyder and his, his form of bullshit. Okay, well, then I guess I don't want to know you. You know, like, ultimately, like, it, it, it's weird, right? Like, it's it's weird how that, that kind of plays out. Um, like, there's a culture war going on or some shit. Well, <laughs> it's, it's a, I've always thought of it as kind of a, like, Gollum-esque, where, especially, you know, nerd culture, where, like, you want to point to the thing and be like, that's mine. That's my precious. Don't fuck with it. And yeah. like when people start fucking with it, you get, and I, I do kind of understand it. Like I've felt that way about certain characters, but then like the flip side of that is like, I was, I was adamant that there's no way in hell Ryan Reynolds was going to make a good Deadpool. Like we'd already seen it. It was going to be dull. I was like, no, no, this, like, there's just no way this guy keeps failing at these superhero things they do not need to let him do this because i, I just don't think it's going to work and 
I I was wrong, and I admitted that I was wrong. <laughs> so, because I was being very very precious with Deadpool, especially after Fox had already fucked it up once. So, um, that that's kind of the key to it, though. Is like to stop like. We all fucking love Batman. Stop being so precious with Batman. Let somebody make something stupid with Batman. <laughs> like, yeah. L- let them make fucking goofy shit with Superman. Like, it it can be fun and funny, and or, or, or it could just not be for you. Like, that's fine. Um, I, it's gonna be so interesting to see what legacy looks like in two years man like yeah i think that it's gonna piss off a lot of people like to be perfectly but i feel like we kind of need it we kind of need that like let's go ahead and make this as bright fun and like ultimately a little goofy like i feel like there's going to be just enough goofy to make it hurt like which I feel like is ultimately what what we're what is the aiming of um like what's the 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 aim like James Gunn is a very specific type of filmmaker, right? He loves to do a little bit of goofy to set you to to relax you to really ultimately sideswipe you with emotional with with like an emotional assault like yeah like. Guardians 3 is like the perfect example of it. I mean, all the three Guardians movies, whether they work for you or not, are designed that way, right? Let's make it goofy, but ultimately let's also make it about a kid who never processed his dying mother, his mother dying of cancer. Yep. Let's let's make let let's make a, like a goofy film, but ultimately at its core, it's about how your dad is the biggest fucking asshole in the world or in the universe, literally a a guy who did not care, give a shit about anything, including all of the women that he basically impregnated and left. Um, But let's make it goofy. And then also like, and then the final one, let's make it about animal abuse. Like, like, like I'm always kind of like, you know, any person that gives credit, like criticisms to the style in which, he creates movies i just don't have any space for because it works it's been proven he's done it multiple times let him do his thing and i guarantee you it's going to be the same thing right like it's going to be one of those things where he's going to set us off he's going to like let us be secure in this like kind of beautiful like you know superman thing and then he's going to pull the rug right from under us yeah you know and People are going to be upset about both things, right? Like, it's not going to be, like, either or. It's going to be, like, there's nobody going to be... Ha- like, I, I just have this weird feeling that nobody's going to be happy with this movie. For whatever reason. Um, <laughs> you know, because we can't have nice things. We cannot have nice things. Everybody has to ruin it. Or try to ruin it. Uh, speaking of DC, I did uh, finish Doom Patrol this week. Oh, interesting. How was that? Um, it's a satisfying conclusion for sure. Okay. Very melancholy. Okay. Um, it it it's as strange as it ever was. Um, <laughs> oh, I'm I'm glad we at least. Less. Yeah, I'm glad we at least got to 
to see the the final what six episodes because it seemed like for a while they just weren't going to release them um yeah but uh but yeah it's good like it's it's definitely uh an ending they bring a lot of people back that i was kind of surprised that we got to see you know uh see them again um okay but uh yeah uh, brendan fraser does such good work um he he gets the final uh beats of the series so uh, like it ends on such a uh a high note uh emotionally that like yeah it's worth making it to the end but at this point it's been so long since the first half of the season you may yeah want to hit wikipedia just to read up and like refresh your memory about the uh amortis and uh, the butt apocalypse <laughs> because <laughs> like i started was like wait what was going on now like i remember yeah. the butts and i remember all the amortis talk but i could not like i was like i don't remember exactly what it was um there there's there's some really really funny like interesting stuff in the show um i the one, I guess it's kind of spoiler to say somebody that didn't come back. The one thing I was kind of sad that they didn't get to bring back was Danny the Street. Um, uh, oh, I, I was really sad. hoping that ta- that we'd see Danny again. And I, I was like, this, this is where Danny's going to pop up. We're going to be like, oh, this is where actually this is Danny the Living Street. And no, no. Um, I was a little sad about that, but. You know, I I think we got a good farewell to Danny. The last it, time that yeah, we, the saw, last time, uh, we yeah. saw it. Yeah. No. no, 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 you're right. Like that, that almost like you don't want to mess that up. Right. Yeah. Like at that point, you're you're like, I don't know if we should be messing with that at all. Um. So, no, no, absolutely. OK. All right. Um. I'm excited uh, just because like Doom Patrol has meant so much over the last couple of years to me Um, in a weird, strange way. It's kind of reaffirmed my faith in what is possible with superhero telling or comic book um, adaptations, especially superheroes, because like if anything, it's proven just how bendable and elastic the genre is and where you can go. Like it's it feels like Alan Moore without the perversion. Yeah, you know it, it's it really is like you know that kind of like open wild storytelling, but not having to feel dirty about like 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 any kind of weird ass stuff that happens in his like in his weird warp mind. You don't have to worry about that with Doom Patrol. I mean, Doom Patrol is weird, and it gets kind of like you know, okay, that's yeah, but it never goes into this thing where you feel. Like, oh, why are you doing that? And if you guys know Alan Moore and you know his work, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. I don't want to give too much air and credence to it, but it, needless to say, yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, I uh, I'm excited for, for like not only for its return, but me and be able to dive into it. Um, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, do you watch Invincible? Uh, yes, I did. Are I did you watch watching season two? Um. I'm waiting for it to finish because what that'll really be like me off, next year. <laughs> yeah, I know. 
Um, I'm waiting for at least a head. Um, I'm waiting for a. I'm waiting for like a chunk of episodes. Yeah, I, I, I'm very confused as to why they're doing season two the way they're doing it. After the long wait for it to premiere, we got four episodes, and they won't drop the net the final four until like March. Yeah, it, it was like that was weird to me. But you know what, bro? Like, I have enough time. I have so much that I haven't watched, yeah. and yeah. it's good. Like, okay, like there's it's okay. So it's weird for me. I I wish that they had not made it an animated series and they had made it a live action. I understand why they didn't because of the cost. But there's something about Invincible that made me want it to be not animated. And be more like uh, be a live action show like all of the boys within the boys universe, right? Kind of, sort of, like not Gen V. I don't uh, even but, well, I was gonna say even Amazon might have not had the budget for it, but hell, that Lord yeah. of the Rings show cost them what a billion dollars? A billion dollars. <laughs> yep, a billion dollars, man. <laughs> and all nobody's talking about it. <laughs> No, like it was, buddy. you know, last year it was like, oh, oh, like Game of Thrones, Lord of the Rings, same time. It's just great, and it's been a year, and I, I, I couldn't tell you last time somebody brought up the Lord of the Rings TV series. I don't think anybody for like anybody that I know has told me like, oh yeah, you know what, you really need to see the Lord of the Rings series. I mean, I watched it. I don't think you need to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? There, there, there's the stamp of approval. Like it's like Wheel of Time, right? Like it's all circulating this whole Game of Thrones bullshit. Um, you know, uh, but at the same time, um, I'm just like, yeah, like pop culture imprint. Like me wanting, like you telling me that I should see this does not make me want to see it. Like, yeah. does that make sense? Like in a lot of ways, that's what it feels like. It's like. They're trying to ram it down my throat like, oh, yeah, you need to see this. You need to see this. You need to see this. No, I don't. Who says that I need to see this? Like, who yeah. told you that? Like, like, who told you that just because you spent a billion dollars on something means that I have to see it? No, no, I'm sorry. You know what? Maybe sometimes you're maybe sometimes your overlord is wrong. <laughs> you know, um, so, yeah, it's like it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, that wheel time. Um, you know, I just don't, I don't have the, I like even the new Game of Thrones. Like, I never finished it. Did I tell you that? I just never finished no. it. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's, uh, it, it's, it was, it was okay. I had fun talking about it with Elizabeth. Um, I, I, I did finish another show this week because the last two episodes oh. got put up on, um, on, uh, Paramount. Um, okay. I, I talked about it two weeks ago when we were talking and I absolutely think you should watch the show Colin from accounts. Um, yes, you did tell me. And I, I do have that on my list to bring up uh, to my wife to watch uh, because it sounds like a very like a show. So um, I, I did don't know if, uh, yes, I don't know if there's going to be another season um, because it's oh. not a show they produce. It's just a show that they're, they were airing. Um, yeah. But it, it it's so fucking good. The last 
four episodes are fantastic. Hmm. Okay. So, uh, okay. All right. Yeah, there's eight episodes total. Uh, first episode premiered December 1st, 2022 in Australia. Uh, I don't see where there's going to be a season two. Mm. That sucks. That really sucks. It it has, it has a, a good, oh, renewed for a second season in August of 2023. So, so maybe season two sometime next year. Okay. Okay, I almost feel like this is a show that's going to be remade, and badly. Oh, it would not. I do not think it would work at all in a, a American setting. There's something about having it be not in America that mm-hmm. makes it even better. Um, there, so there's one episode where. So he's a little bit older than her uh, yes. by about uh, 12 years or so, maybe 15 years, okay. which you think like the difference between like 30 and 40 isn't that great until 30 and 40 year olds are hanging out with each other or like a 40 year old is hanging out with a bunch of 30 year olds. And it's just <laughs> like, oh, I, yeah, <laughs> I, no, trust me. I know by experience. I mean, like, you know, like. There's a there's a decade between me and my wife, and um, there are times where it becomes apparent, and with like you know with with her friends and stuff because they're all in their thirties. So like you know like I'm in my forties, like very much into my forties yep. now. Like that was at the beginning of it. Like you know now we're like you know at a certain point, like when you're in your late thirties, you basically are de facto forty, right? Like like I know that sounds terrible to, to people that are in their mid mid to late thirties, but. All the only difference, like you, like the only difference is in within your forties, is that you accept all of the, all of the stupidity, like all of the social norms you get rid of. Like like I will tell people, like that's the like other than having a little bit more aches and pains and weird ass fucking like, uh, fucking I I like I get some weird fucking like zaps of pain that I'm like what the fuck where did that come from? Other than that, all it is is just accepting your inner crotchety old person and going no i'm not gonna fucking go out yeah on a saturday at 10 o'clock at fucking night because i don't want to yeah because like, i don't I'm care really about the just, social norms yeah i just like that's fine <laughs> like just mm-hmm. go do whatever i don't care i'm gonna stay at home with my dog <laughs> exactly i just want to stay home with my fucking dogs my wife play video games watch the fucking golden bachelor and just fucking watch the movies that I want to fucking watch. Like, and that's what being in your forties is, is just (laughs) not taking the social, the social fucking constructs that everybody pressuring you and just looking and going, fuck you. There is an episode that illustrates it so fucking well that I'm just like, yeah. (laughs) And it was probably more (laughs) like me and my friends, not so annoying, but I was like, ah, we were kind of like that in our 20s, I guess. Mm-hmm. I was like, I don't think I was like that in my 30s. But, like, I can still see the, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I thought, at some point in my life, I thought it was all kind of the same. Or now, like, if I'm talking to someone who's younger than me, 
and they're like, I like to do this and I like to do that. And I'm just like, why? You know, like, I, you know, not to get in the weeds, but like you see it on dating profiles all the time. Um, well, you don't, but uh, I do. I, you know, I like I like to be I, I like to travel, which I'm not above like, but these people are like having weekend trips every weekend. I'm just like, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't No, I don't want to do that. <laughs> you know what weekend travel equals? I'll tell you what weekend travel equals. Weekend travel equals I am the person that doesn't uh, that has seven roommates and I don't want to be at home on the yeah. weekends even though I work a 9 to 5. <laughs> like, and I why don't want to go somewhere. That I live with. My place is <laughs> fine. <laughs> like why don't <laughs> want to go somewhere? Exactly. Well, I mean, you know, and then like, okay, like, here's the other thing, like, which is always funny to me is, is that there's a difference between the experiential people and the people that are like, you know, homebodies. And the bigger part is, is that when you have a home to yourself and you are able to nest in the way that you want to nest, it becomes extremely difficult to get, to get anybody to take, to go out into the world that is just shitty, shitty, shitty. And then increased prices for everything. Everything is just terrible. Like everything is designed to spend your money and or stress you out or keep you out and make you just not feel good about anything. Right. Where if you're at home, you have your big screen, you have your food that you like, you have the drinks that you like, you have the company that you want to keep with yourself, like, you know, and the people that you love. It's like, like, you know, people that tell you that you're missing out on shit, they're lying. That's the biggest lie the devil ever told. You know why they're saying that? Because they feel like shit because they they have seven roommates. Sorry. You know, can't yeah. help it that you, you don't like, you don't like the fact that you have seven roommates. Like, you know, figure it out. Figure it out. Stop, uh, you know, stop spending money on mimosas and, and brunch. <laughs> yeah, that, I love like that this. one. Uh, what, what do you yeah. like to do on a Sunday? Mimosas and brunch. And I'm just like, <laughs> okay. So what you're really saying is I can make fucking wanna... mimosas and brunch in my house, man. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so what you're really telling me is, is that you want to spend $150 of somebody else's fucking money. Right? Because <laughs> you want fucking avocado toast and mimosas. Fuck you. Yeah, Seriously. Yeah, sounds like such an old <laughs> But like, I know. I, I, I like, it's maddening though, man. Like and we don't have to get into yeah. stuff, but like it is fucking insane. Like the amount of like shit that people I like I'm just like, I don't know. I I'm I know I'm antisocial to a degree, but like also I don't know, why is this fun? Like I just, I just like why Please, sitting <laughs> somewhere drinking fun? Like why is that fun? I, because I do not get it. <laughs> it is not fun. Like is there a football oh. game on? Because then it might be fun. But like just sitting around, like I no, I don't. Let's go do like I, 
the people are like, I want to go do something. I, I, I at least understand that. Like, what do you do on the mm-hmm. weekends? Not mimosas and brunch, but like, okay, I go kayaking or I go hiking or like, at least I understand that. But like, yeah, your weekend plan is to go drop $120 on shit that you can make at your house for, you know, less than a quarter of the price. <laughs> Like, I don't get that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, you're, you, you are 100% right on that. Like, I just don't get it. Like, I'm not, but then again, I'm not that person. Like, so yeah. like, like, I, I still am social. Like, we do things with our friends and stuff. Like, go to dinner on a Saturday night. Like, tonight, like, we're, we're we've got a whole thing planned. We're, like, you know, we're, uh, like, you know, we're going to go see the Beyonce concert film. Uh, you know, because my wife is a huge Beyonce fan. She's, I mean, we've seen her twice and then she's seen her four times. Like it's like, and then we're going to go to dinner and we're going to have a nice time. Right. Like fine. Being social, going out social construct. But like, it's weird because to me, it's like every weekend you're doing like, but you're not even doing that. You're just going out and drinking to oblivion. I'm like, fuck, like, how's that fun? Like, that's not fun to me. Like, like, but then again, you know what? different strokes for different folks right like but you know like it's okay you know i just don't envy anybody that's out there with having to do the whole dating thing because man it's tough out there but it's it's okay now because like i I, what's i i think this is the universe's way of just being like okay well that's what you said um i was i've i was telling spencer and i was telling some people at work i was like you know what I'm just going to get a dog and I'm going to stop trying to date people because people suck. And it, it's just, it, it's, it, it's awful. It's an awful, awful experience. And so I got a dog and <laughs> now I'm just going to try to stop dating, like just unsub or delete all the apps off of my phone. Um, and, <laughs> but, Here's what's really funny, and n- not in a like dating way, but like I, t- mm-hmm. I, we didn't talk about it on the podcast, but I got a dog. Um, her name is Ripley. She's a mess, um, just like me, <laughs> and it, she is the dog version of me. And uh, I, I took her to Petco because there's not a pet smart near me. I don't really like Petco, but. Um, mm-hmm. We went to Petco the, uh, yesterday, and I've never had so many women stop and talk to me in my entire life. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's, that is hilarious, dude. Like, I mean, and not, and not just, like, my age or around uh-huh. my age. Like, across, I mean, several of them were over 65. So, but it's still, like... Oh, okay. <laughs> I have a dog now, so you know it. It. I thought it was very, very funny. <laughs> yep, because like you know, dog ownership means like it, it, it's a lot of things, right? It's a lot of like little factors, right? It means that you you're caring for something. It's that's more than just a fucking plant that just needs water and sunlight. Like it shows some kind of responsibility. It's like all these things that you don't consider when you actually are just like, I just want like, like ultimately like the reason 
the reason why me and my wife love dogs and why we're probably like, you know, uh, California only allows you to do three, like unless you're fostering, only allow you to do three. Like, like, like we have two. I can guarantee you within the next year, we'll probably have a third because we love dogs. We love the companionship. We love the the responsibility. Like and that's the big thing, right? Like the bigger thing is, is that you can't just want the dog. You have to want the responsibility of having that companionship, right? Yeah. And like, that's like catnip for people. Like my wife will tell you the thing that like the, the, the thing that was most attractive about me was the fact that I had a dog, I had a small dog, which is something that she never saw before because like, you know, most dudes, German shepherds, pit bulls, terriers, right. I think whatever that, it is. That helps too is that, that I have a small dog and people are like, mm-hmm. oh, it's just, I mean, I'm not a huge dude, but I'm a bigger yep. guy, 275 pounds, you know, mm-hmm. carrying around this, this <laughs> fucking skinny ass golden doodle, miniature yeah. golden doodle. <laughs> that's probably all like attitude um because all little dogs have attitude um she's getting but, there <laughs> um but at the same time it's like it just shows like you know it's like it it shows that you have a greater outlook than just yourself right you're not just a self like most dudes i mean like we know like most guys we're fucking selfish pricks we we have we have our things that we're interested was... in and our little bubble just telling somebody that last night um in a conversation <laughs> i was like you know what I, it's taken me a while and this isn't a recent uh revelation but it took mm-hmm. me a while to understand that fucking 70 percent of men ruin it for 30 percent of men because yep. it's all just selfish thinking and honestly i'm not trying to get into but it's probably because they were fucking raised to only think about themselves. Yep. And like, so it, it becomes this whole like catch 22 thing of like, well, uh, you know, if women are only around men who only think about themselves, that becomes something that, you know, initially that's what they see. That's what they think is, it's like this whole conditioning. That, I don't know. It, I, we got into the weeds on the discussion. And I was just mm-hmm. like, yeah, it fucking sucks, man. Because, like, it, it just, you know, it ruins it for so so many people. Just because yeah. there's, you know, 70%. You know, and it's just probably something like that for, for women, too. Like, you know, maybe not quite mm-hmm. as large. But, um, you know, there there's definitely a certain... I, I've definitely come across a certain subsection of, of women while trying to date that I'm like, oh, this is why guys say things like things like that <laughs> because yeah. of the kind of person you are. So <laughs> there's also like so like like and we'll just I'll leave it on this is that like we're also like met, like like the thing that I found that was very interesting and what I find very interesting is that women learn how to bounce off of off of like like horrendous incidents that happen that are like emotionally traumatic and some that are physically traumatic right like like women are taught that but men aren't so whenever there's like some kind of like big issue with a woman 
like those 70 percent that don't know how to process that and internalize it and turn it to good they go so toxic and then and then they just like well if she hurt me i'm gonna hurt the fucking world and it's like uh okay thanks dickhead uh you you do realize that the world is not your fucking oyster and it doesn't revolve around you though though that you're you're fucking whoever raised you or whoever told you whatever they told you when you were a little fucking shit um that it did it's not the truth and it's yeah. so hard it's like it's almost impossible like whenever that first that first striking of blood happens like it makes them so bitter and it's like you like what do you like why like I mean, why I've, is it this yeah i i've had my moments where like it it's almost gotten to me um mm-hmm. but like it it's you know not after one or two times but you know Mm -hmm. and then you know i self-correct and we're like okay well you know like you just you (laughs) you gotta run in with a shitty person you gotta not let it ruin you know uh everything so um but yeah they they can't they just you know it's that base assumption oh well they're all like that but you know i to that like I, i see plenty of dating profiles that it's like you know it not all men are like that but i understand that like your experience has been that <laughs> um mm-hmm. and you can't approach it by going like well i'm not like the all those other dudes because that's what all those other dudes said too um exactly <laughs> so exactly it, it, it's <laughs> such a fucking cesspool that it's just like everybody constantly assuming the worst and i'm Mm -hmm. just like this is it's awful i'm like so so now i have a dog and (laughs) me and the dog are gonna we were gonna have an adventure this weekend but because it won't stop fucking raining um i guess we're just gonna stay inside and watch tv so which isn't a bad way to spend the time with your dog even though you would probably you know, you want to get out there, but I mean, I understand. This chick loves um, being outside, man. I, I, she's a doodle, man. Doodles and and um and retrievers, they just love outside, man. If you let her, like, if you had a small space out there, I guarantee you, she'd be sitting in the rain right now, just oh, sitting yeah. in the rain. Yeah. You know, uh, probably getting dirty as shit because doodles, the thing that they yeah. love, they love mud. They love fucking mud, dude. I I don't get it, but. You know what? That's not me. I'm not a I'm not a doodle, right? <laughs> um, I'm not I'm not that kind of that kind of excitable dog. Um, I'm a dog, but you know, just <laughs> yeah. When I took her out this morning <laughs> before we recorded, I was just like, I'm getting soaking fucking wet, <laughs> and this dog is just like da, da, da. like once I got her out, she didn't want to go out at first, but once I got her out, she was just like, let's go, and I'm like. I'm, it, it's raining. I'm getting soaking wet. I don't want to do this. <laughs> uh, I'm like, cool. I would rather clean up the mess you make in the house. I don't want to <laughs> get wet. <laughs> like, I'm a cat, man. I'm no, no, I don't want to get wet. I ain't getting wet. Um, um, anyway, uh, so uh, what what's coming up? Godzilla minus one. Uh, which I which I saw. Um, I think I told you that. And yeah. That fucking that fucking movie rocks, dude. It's 
Like I was genuinely surprised at how good that movie is. Like it's like top 10 of the year. Good. Like I was, I was flabbergasted at how well it was made, executed and ultimately like produced. Like, like I saw it on an IMAX screen. Um, and wow. I mean, it's sharing space with a, like with a couple of movies in my, uh, like at my theaters that are showing IMAX. Um, I saw it at a, I thought I saw it on a, at a, like, like whatever they call those fan events. And, uh, it was a packed house and it was amazing. It was like, nice. uh, yeah. So like, yeah, please go see that movie guys. Like if you're, especially if you're into like Godzilla movies and you've been disappointed recently, um, watch, uh, watch that and Monarch Monarch. I cannot recommend enough. Cause I love that show. Um, you know, Kurt Russell, the Russells, actually, it's not even one Russell. We get two Russells in this movie or in that show. Um, we got that. Um, we've got, well, you got the Batman thing coming up. Uh, what else do we have? That's like big out there. Um, damn it. I can't think. Oh, we have the Zack Snyder movie, rebel moon. Um, his star Wars movie, right. That he, that they didn't want him to make. Yeah. <laughs> so he just took it to Netflix and said, can I make it rated R with, with, with nudity and violence? And they were oh, like, yeah, sure. I, you know, I think what? comes out this week. What's and I, I actually will fucking watch it is, uh, Sam Esmail's movie. It's Netflix. Oh, yes. This week. That's right. Uh, the one that he did with, uh, his new muse, Julia Roberts. Yeah. Um, the end of the world. Is it, what is it called? Something um, like that. I think it's called I just like, saw the when we leave the world. Yeah, uh, Mahershal Ali, uh, Julia Roberts. Um, uh, leave the world behind. That's yeah. what it's called. Leave the world behind, and it's based off of a book. Which, of course, like everything, with the exception of uh, Mr. Robot, everything that Sam Ismail has done has, since then has been based off of a property, which I always find weird. But yeah, it's uh, what Julia Roberts, Mahershal Ali, Ethan Hawke. Uh, Mahela, uh, uh, and then I think, if I'm not mistaken, I didn't I see Kevin Bacon in that motherfucker? Um, I'm pretty sure that he's yep. in it too. Um, have not read the book. I've only seen the have only seen the 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 preview. Which I mean, in Sam Ishmael fashion, like, um, yeah, wow, you know. Um, do we think that? Like it's weird because like you heard who the initial like how he got the how he got the um the job right initially because it was supposed to be a reteaming of Julia Roberts and Denzel Washington and then okay. Denzel dropped out which when I know that it's like I love Mahershal like I can't wait for his blade but like I don't know, like having Denzel there with two people that he's worked with before, like Ethan Hawke and Julia Roberts, kind of makes me feel like it's almost a missed opportunity. Yes. Though I'm not in any way, shape, or form, I'm still going to see it. I'm super excited. Um, uh, it wasn't playing in, like, man, these fucking Netflix films, dude, they never play anywhere. Like, yeah. Right? Like, they never play anywhere. Um, this one, Maestro, things that I really like. I wanted to see the killer in theaters, and it, I couldn't because there's nothing playing. Right? At least Apple is like trying to push these yeah, things to the theaters. To, yeah. 
Yeah, I I wish Netflix was doing a better job, but yeah. Yes, especially with him, like, like his, like his work. I feel like, don't you feel like his work needs to be like, it like okay, so like the thing that I always took away from Mister Robot was is that like watching it like on the biggest screen, the big the biggest screen that you have possible, like actually makes it a better experience like there's something with the way that ishmael works with like image that works better with the bigger screen that you have even though sometimes it can be very purposefully claustrophobic but it actually helps when you have it on a big screen at least that's what i noticed with like like my my last rewatch of mr robot was yeah. this whole thing of like it's very cinematic, like cinematic in a way that I don't feel like we give him credit for. Like maybe you, like I know that you guys constantly talked about it on the podcast, like like the just the way that his, he his visually inventive mind works. But man, like if you want a guy, like I don't know, like it feels like he's being robbed of like of of a chance to really kind of shine. And especially if this movie kind of delivers on the promise of the trailer, I feel like I really want to see this on a big screen. Yeah, me too. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, I'll, I'll watch it on my big screen. I guess that's good. Yeah. Enough. <laughs> so. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. Um, and I really do hope it's, it's as, it, it's as interesting as I think that it's going to be. Um, I, I, uh, like I think we've talked about his first movie um, before uh, Comet. Comet. I yeah. really, yeah, yeah I Comet's really, really, Comet. really good. Um, I yeah. I need to revisit it. Um, yeah, I I'm definitely gonna watch that. I think it premieres sometime okay. this week, uh, like Thursday um, I think or something. On, I I think it's Thursday night, Friday morning. Uh, okay, I can yeah. tell you right now. Um, yeah, I mean it, it's one of those things where like yeah, like I'm definitely. I'm on board. I'm on board for it. Um, in regards to like, it's been years at this point since I we've seen anything from Sam Esmail. So, yeah, I mean, even with even with like um, his like uh, what call it? Um, Jesus Christ, I can't think of the um, like Homecoming. Like if yeah. you think about it, like Homecoming is Homecoming is the last thing that he was actually wait was. Yeah, like Homecoming was like his the the ten episodes, well, he was, right? He was an executive producer on the resort, an executive producer on Gaslit. Um, okay, but uh, before that, uh, I was just um, Homecoming. I think. Well, no, yeah. He, apparently, he wrote the resort. I did not know that. I didn't know that either. Okay, well then that he was a writer kind of, on the resort. Okay. Um, I know so, you liked it. I yes. watched the first. I watched the first episode, but never went back. Um, because it's, it's just it too sticks, much. Yeah, it, it sticks the landing. I think. Okay. So, but right. I, mean, I mean, again, if if the first episode doesn't grab you, I don't know that sticking with those characters for any length of time is going to convince you. Uh, otherwise, you know, because like they're they're not fun. <laughs> <laughs> like, no. like they're very very bitter there at the beginning it gets a little better as it goes but like I, the mystery of it all 
in the resort kind of gets gets a little more compelling than them being like kind of nasty to each other. <laughs> um, yeah, like um, I, it's hard because like I love Mr. Robot, but man, Homecoming was hard to get through. Um, I think it was because of how deep, like he so like he understand for me he understands mental illness and anxiety and like everything that is triggering he understands it so well that i don't think he understands the power of what he does or maybe he does and he just doesn't give a shit like homecoming was like like just like this anxiety provoking like show that you didn't have an idea of like okay what what what's happening now holy shit like is it in is it in her head is it outside of her head what the fuck is going on and sometimes that's like i feel like mr robot got the balance of it where homecoming was just unrestricted unlike undiluted like we base this on a podcast but we're gonna go way deep into this and i just did not like i didn't like the first season i was like Oh man, I don't know if I like this or not. I don't know. Maybe I should reapproach it. Um, but it was definitely one of those things I was like, huh, okay. Um, there's that, right? Um, uh, but anywho, um, uh, yeah, it, like um, I'm actually excited, like because it's Samish now. I don't know if I wouldn't be excited if it wasn't him. I, I mean, how do you feel about like if you didn't know that this was Sam Ishmael? Oh, I probably I probably wouldn't care. Yeah. Like, it's the notion that you know that it's him, right? And and yeah. his kind of cinematic trickery that he likes to pull that makes it one of those things where you're like, yeah, I kind of yeah. want to see where he takes this. I, I I'm his ability to tell stories differently is fascinating to me. Like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in a in a way that like M Night seemed like he was gonna be. But turned out not to be. Like. Yeah. You know. Yeah, very much so. Yeah. Like, well, it all became about the endings, right? right? Whereas Ishmael's stuff is never about the endings. Like, the endings are consequential and they're kind of inevitable, but. It's about the, it's the characters, you know? Exactly. Exactly. Very much so the characters and, like, the like yeah it's very much so like more character based than anything else which makes it fascinating to watch like something like mr robot and how it evolves and changes like i still feel like there's so many people that haven't seen that show because if they did they would be hailing this man as a as a fucking genius yeah um yeah i i i think about it all the time i'm like i want to rewatch it but it would be such a tough rewatch without ryan Um, yeah I, i couldn't even imagine like because it's so tied to yeah to ryan and you and yeah no i i understand um but new work new work and hopefully it connects i mean like it really like i'm really excited to watch it so i'm definitely watching that this week i don't know if i'll um i'm i started gen v i made it Mm -hmm. one episode and i was like i don't know um i may go back to gen v because i've heard it gets really 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 good um so we have that trailer coming up for boys season four on tuesday i think yeah right 
speaking of uh, uh speaking of the boys universe um yeah like okay so like i did i also watched that first episode because you talked to me about it um wow that's a show and a half right yeah um i mean they're committing like and they commit to it 100 percent, like the way that they do with the boys but i just feel like i don't know man like it feels like too much like does that yeah. make sense like they I, i've took heard it to that the it, degree. yeah i've heard that it gets better as it goes like or, that it gets uh i shouldn't say tamer but that, that it's just not as drastic as you go along so huh interesting because like they really took the teenager aspect of it and really fucking went with it like yeah. went with it in a way that you know you're actually like i was genuinely shocked i'm like wait wait, wait. they actually let them do all this shit okay i guess yeah, yeah was, um I, yeah so I, i'm i might try to watch that uh especially okay. since it's raining this week and i'm you know, probably going to be watching a lot of TV. So, uh, well, well <laughs> I'm being summoned. <laughs> so, all right. Well, that, I guess that's our cue to wrap it up. Um, check out everything. At, hush. Check out everything else we're doing over at xwingfiles.com. Um, right now, it's pretty quiet because, you know, holidays. Um, but, uh, and you can check out, uh, of course, my written work over at Adam's website. Yes, themovieall.com, which we have another issue. Uh, we have another volume of um, moving pictures coming out next week, next Friday. Um, and I'm, like I said, I was, I, I just reviewed Silver Bullet um, for the, for the site, not just because for shits and giggles, because they actually, uh, Screen Factory has a beautiful uh, 4K edition that just came out with that commentary I was talking about from the King cast folks. Um, didn't even get to uh, tell you about John Woo's return to action in Silent Night, which I, I just reviewed. I'm hoping that's going to be our Christmas movie uh, when my dad this nice. year. So as okay. long as it's still playing, I think that's what we're going to go see. Nice, nice. Um, I had never seen. Uh, I've not. I've never seen uh, Barbarella, the Jane Fonda movie. What? Uh, yeah, and so I watched it. That's, that movie's fucked 4K. up, <laughs> dude. I watched it in 4K. Like, okay, if there's ever a movie to see in 4K and buy, it's fucking Barbarella. And I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to be a like a pervy fucking. A dirty I old mean, man. The, Jesus the dude that made it was a pervy, dirty old man. Like yes, it's, it's it made that way. <laughs> like it's yes. hard not to, to, to you know, be like, oh, okay. Well, clearly, they were, you know, it, this was not disguised. This is not sex disguised as art. This is just sex. <laughs> so. Yes. I mean, I've never like, I've never adjusted my my thoughts on an actor based on a like a physical the physicality of a performance but jesus fucking christ like i watched that thing four times not just because of jane fonda and her statuous beauty like like jesus like i i just was stunned at like not just like her beauty but like how far they went with it and how much nudity there is in it like i was genuinely yeah. shocked and then in 4k you watch it in 4k like of my wife like she doesn't care, but she came out and she stared at it for a minute and she goes, she looks at me, and she goes, 
Adam, what the fuck are you watching? Is that Jane Fonda? And is she fucking naked? And I'm like, yeah, it's <laughs> yes. a sci-fi movie called, called... I was like, I, I explained it to her. And she just kind of looked at me and goes, okay. Like, I know when my wife goes, okay, it's like, it's a bridge too far. And yeah. I'm like, okay, now I feel bad. But at the same time, Jesus fucking Christ, no one told me about Barbarella. Like, nobody <laughs> had told me about it. So, like, I got... Barbarella is one of those movies you need to see when you're a 14 year old boy and just be like, wait, what? (laughs) Yes, exactly. Um, But the 14 year old boy literally was like beating the shit out of like the dark recesses of caves that he's in, that he's been bound and gagged onto the bottom of the recesses of his, of Adam's like soul. Like, like this was the thing that unlocked him. And I'm like, yeah, wow. So like I reviewed it uh, for the site, the 4k edition, which is, fucking spectacular speaking of 4ks and spectacular um i got to i got the new 4k version of point break um, i saw that which I saw that. fuck that is a that is a pretty disc man that is a pretty pretty disc and produced by james cameron which um this week uh and we'll probably talk about it next week um i'm getting to see the abyss director's cut in theaters for their special one night screening that they're having. Um, I got tickets for that, that, and I'm getting to see for the first time ever, uh, die hard on the big screen next week too. Um, thank God for these revival screenings, man. Like uh, from like, not even like the new Beverly or anything like that. Not like a rep house. Um, literally like AMC is having us hosting these things. So yeah, I'm super excited. So I'll be reporting back. Lots of stuff to talk about next week. At least one new movie. So, um, yes. looking forward to that. Um, so, yeah, go check out all that stuff. Uh, MovieIsle.com, XWingFiles.com, and we will be back next week. Talk to you soon. Number one, Star Wars. Number two, comics. Number three, Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit. Number four, Mario. Number five, Weird Al. Number six, Batman. Number seven, Cal. Number eight, The Simpsons. Number nine, TV. Number ten, every single band that I stole all their MP3s. But before they all sold out, they all together. If you're with me now. Love.